Thank you to these wonderful, wonderful people, musicians. These folks have dedicated themselves to ministry at this church and for their sacrifices and for the love that they have for God and for you. We say thank you. Walters, his name was Larry Walters. Larry was a truck driver, lived just beside the Los Angeles International Airport in L.A. He was an owner-operator. He, uh, he always wanted to fly, though. He joined the Air Force early in life, but because of poor sight, he was not able, ever able to pilot one of the jets. After his times and years in the service, he retired, came back to California, bought him a truck, and became a truck driver. Any truck drivers in the house tonight other than Billy Barmore? There's another one. There's Butch. David would usually be sitting right here. Others. Larry's favorite pastime, whenever he would come off the road and be sitting in the backyard, would just be watching the planes land and take off. He always wanted to fly. That was his heart's desire, but it was to never be. But as he sat there, he began to think of some, something that he could do that would be close to flying. And he came up with this idea that he would attach some helium balloons to his lawn chair that he sat in every afternoon. Larry went so far as to buy 45 weather balloons and fill them with helium. His idea was to attach them to his lawn, lawn chair and then cut the cord that held the chair to the Jeep Cherokee and he would lift gently into the air and he would go about 75 or 80 feet into the air and he would just sort of float around the neighborhood for maybe 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour, and then he would come back to earth. So on that wonderful day, Larry filled the balloons, attached them to the chair, teetered the chair to the Jeep Cherokee. His neighbor came over and put two tuna fish sandwiches in his lap, a six-pack of Miller Lite, and a BB gun. It was his idea to float gently up and then after a while, just one by one, shoot a balloon out and come easing back to earth. Now that was the plan. It didn't happen quite the way that Larry had planned it and hoped it to be. For when his neighbor took the big butcher knife and cut the rope that attached the chair to the Jeep Cherokee, Larry did not just gently float into the air. He shot out of the air, into the air, like a rocket. And before Larry knew it, he was cruising at an altitude of 16,000 feet. No, that was not the way he planned his day to go. Filled with fright, not knowing what to do, forgot about the sandwiches, consumed his beer, thinking that might eliminate some of the fear, and then 
And then by this time, it had been picked up on the radar from LAX. Pilots landing and taking off reported a UFO, unidentified object, because they were not about to report a flying lawn chair. (laughs) After quite some time, elevated way above the earth, Larry got enough nerve to shoot one balloon out and then another and then another. Finally, Larry came back to earth. Waiting for him on his arrival was several squad cars from the LAPD. The captain would say later, we were arresting him. We did not know what charges, but we knew something had been violated. Some charge had to be there waiting for him. And as they were pushing Larry into the squad car, a a large crowd had gathered there. And uh, one of them hollered out, said, Larry, why would you do something so stupid? And Larry craned his head and he said, well, he said, it would be a terrible, terrible shame. For a man my age to sit in his backyard for his entire life and say, why not? Why has become a big, big part of many conversations in our land. We can see the word why and why not intermingled into many conversations, even in scripture. I have the verse from... 2 Kings chapter 7. No, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse number 3. And the question was asked among four lepers, said, Why, everybody say that with me, Why sit here until we die? To ask the pertinent question, to ask the important question in life, is so important that we get the answer. I want to go back from verse chapter chapter 7 of 2 Kings to chapter number 6. What led up to this conversation among these lepers. You see, in that day, leprosy was a death sentence. And at the first sign, at the first side effect of leprosy, You were separated from your family and friends and you were thrust outside the city. Disconnected from society and from life. And so it was with these four lepers. And there they huddled. And there they prepared to die. Because I'll tell you what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on in Samaria. A great drought has come. One maybe even greater than they've ever experienced before. People were going to die. In fact, everybody was going to die. Because the enemy, Benahad, had surrendered, surrounded the city. There was no going out, no coming in. There was no commerce. And most important, there was no food. I want to read to you how desperate and a horrible situation that they found themselves in in Samaria. Verse number 26, And as the king of Israel 
was passing by upon the wall. There cried a woman unto him saying, Help me, my Lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I? Out of the barn, barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman saith to me, Give thy son that we may eat today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. A city, a metropolitan area, a hub of civilization had now turned to cannibalism. And so the woman goes on, So we boiled my son yesterday and did eat him. And I said unto her the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And, O king, she has hid her son. It grieved, it grieved the king so great that he ripped his clothes and took upon sackcloth and ashes in great grief. That's how bad the situation was in Samaria. Whenever these, these four lepers began to plan how they would live out the last few days of their life. They had options. One said, well, this is where we're at. We can sit right here and die. Or we can go into the city and die with our families. Or we can go and throw ourselves at the mercy of the enemy. The worst thing that's going to happen, the worst thing that's going to happen is that, they, that we die at their hands. See, sometimes you have to ask yourself a question. If there's nothing to lose and there's something to gain, by all means, just go ahead and do it. And so that's when the question was asked, why sit here and die? So this is what I want to talk to you today about. There comes a time when you just have to get up and follow your heart and ask yourself the question, why not? Why not? For it wasn't going to be long till they would be dead, they and all that would die from starvation inside the city. Let me tell you what happened when they finally decided to go and fall upon the hands of the enemy. As they made their way to the enemy camp, they approached the tents to find them empty. Laying there was gold and silver and precious stones. And more important than anything, food. Food, something that they had not experienced or seen in days and possibly now even weeks. For what happened from the time they left where they were, Upon their journey to the enemy's camp, the Lord took the, 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 the eight legs of four lepers and magnified the sound so greatly that the enemy thought that it was tens of thousands of another army coming to take their life. And what did they do? What most people would have done, they ran for their life. And when the lepers came, they saw the miracle that God had performed and the food that he had prepared to save a nation, to save a city. 
Why sit here until we die? Do something. And they did. They not only saved themselves, but they saved a city and saved a nation. Maybe you're here in this room today and you've been asking the the pertinent questions, the important questions of life. Why am I where I'm at? Why have I not got up and did or go and do what my heart is telling me to do and go? You can't spend your life, your entire life asking, why not? Larry Walters, you had it right, sir. There comes a time when you have to get up and go. If this church this morning, precious, wonderful life church, was having a roundtable discussion, let's ask this question. Why am I here right now? Am I still where I was many years ago when I began my journey with Christ? Have I moved up the ladder? Have I advanced in my maturity and in my relationship with Jesus? Or am I right where it all began? Our heart speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through our heart and it moves us to places that we may never have been before. And the Spirit of the Lord is calling us to higher heights and deeper depths. He wants to take us places that we may have never been before. And He's saying to us, follow your heart. When God is calling us to higher heights, when He is calling us to a deeper walk, then is the time we ask the question, why am I still sitting here? Isn't it wonderful that in every stage of life God calls us to do something? We never retire. We never, we never quit punching the time clock. One of my heroes in the early years of my ministry was a preacher by the name of Brother Bingleman. Bingleman. Everybody say Bingleman. See this word, with me telling you the story about Brother Bingleman, I'd want you to remember Brother Bingleman, you know, after lunch today. He was an older gentleman. He was already in his 70s. And for all of us that's near 70 or over 70, don't take that as a negative. He was somewhere between 70 and 75, pastoring a country church in Vernon Parish, not far from Anacoco. How many of y'all know where Anacoco is? Anybody know where Anacoco is? There are some. At 70 years of age, this is what he had, a nice parsonage, a nice income. Darwin, he got to go fishing four days a week. He ate fried chicken seven days a week and drunk coffee on the back porch of the church, remember, six days a week. Not a bad life. A couple times a year, go to Branson, huh? Huh? That's not a bad life. And so... All of us said, that is the life. That's, that, you've, you've attained it and you've, re- and, and, and you're there and you deserve it. And do you know what he did one Sunday morning? He got up at the age of 70 something and says, I'm leaving this paradise, this wonderful church congregation, people that I love, that I thought that I would pastor for the rest of my life. 
And he says, I'm going to New Orleans. And I'm going to build a church. Seventy-something. That's a big, big job for a 25-year-old. And guess what he did? He did exactly what he said he would. He went down there, built a church that's thriving today, 40 years later, 45 years later, where hundreds and hundreds are coming to know the Lord. And if I was to ask Brother Bingaman today, if he were alive, what made you do it? What made you pull away from your comfort zone and, and walk away from the life that every senior pastor wants to have? And he says, well, you can't sit in the backyard your entire life and ask, why not? Maybe it's this morning in this service that the Holy Spirit is calling you. Maybe it's in this service today that, that he's saying, hey, you can do more than what you've done. Maybe it's in this setting today that God wants to take us to places that we've never been before. A personal note, it's been recently, we don't, we don't really get honest in public places very often, but I'll be honest with you today. For the last many, many weeks, I've had a yearning. I've had a burning desire in my heart to go where I've never been in God. I've had this fire burning in my heart to say, do more than what you're doing. Do not become complacent and do not become comfortable where you're at. So I have this fire burning even this morning to say, God, I want to do more. I want to fly. I want to soar. I want to do more. And on the other side of that coin that I've also experienced, not only do I want to do more, in the future. I don't not only want him to take me to places I've never been, I want him to take me back to where it all began. And you may be there today. You may be there today saying, I'm not where I used to be. I desire to have that fire. I desire to have that love. I desire to have that passion that I had when I first came to know the Lord. If you're here today, you sat in the lawn chair long enough. Get up and follow your heart. Follow your heart. I had the song by Andre Crouch. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. I must confess, O oh Lord, I've been blessed. But yet my soul's not satisfied. Renew my faith. Restore my joy. And dry my weeping eyes. Take me back. I'm sure that there are people in this room today that become restless. Anybody restless this morning? You, we call it antsy. We call it all kind of names, but we're just not comfortable sitting still. Or we're not comfortable with where we are in life. Restlessness. It's not a bad thing. But restlessness says, I've been here long enough. And I think I'm ready to go to the next level. Could it be that in our restlessness, 
God is moving us to another place of serving and another level of living. I read the story many years ago. An old farmer was out in the back part of his many hundreds of pastures out west, and he came upon an eggshell that was bursted, and there was a little bird that was just freshly, freshly discovering the world. Not knowing what it was, he picked it up and took it home, not knowing that it was a bald eagle. He put it in the chicken coop with all the other chickens. He had a pretty good life. He got fed fresh corn every day. He had a shelter over him for the storms and from the sunshine that came bearing down out west. And everything was good with the eagle until he began to ask himself the questions. What am I doing here? Why am I not soaring the skies above? After a while, whenever he answered all the questions, he simply said, I'm not a chicken. I don't believe, I don't belong in the hen house or the chicken coop. I'm an eagle and I belong to the skies. We just can't remain in our lawn chair, surrender our destiny, and give up on our dreams without screaming, why not? If it's to one person today, or if it may be to more, that have reached that has reached a, a place in your life when you said, I, I really feel like there's more to life than this. You may be asking yourself the question this morning, what can I do that I haven't done? What is it that I really want to do that I have yet to do? My words to you today is get up, get going, and do it. Cut the cards and soar. Whatever God has placed in your heart today, and whatever He has planted in your spirit over these last weeks, months, and even years, it's time for you to get up and say, I'm going to follow God, and I'm going to follow my heart. There are dreams that you've dreamed. There are things that you've prayed for. There are some things that you've believed for. For months and even years, I'm telling you, today is the day for you to accept and receive your heart's desire. I'll go ahead and tell you now that it's no, it's no regret in your life for following your heart. There's a lot of things that we grieve over. There's a lot of things that we have come to think, well, you know, this was the wrong thing to do. But I'm telling you, if you follow your heart, what God has put into your heart, you can follow it to the ends of the world and let God manifest himself and let God show himself to be real and let God be God in your life. And can you say amen? You may have thought about it. You may have thought about it a lot. I don't know if you're here today, if there's that one person that has yet to make a decision. 
If there's one person that has wandered in darkness all alone and, and you've kept thinking there's more to this than what I have experienced. You're here today and you're saying, I wonder what it would be like if I just turned my life over to God. What would it be like if I just surrendered totally and completely my life to Him? You may have thought about it. You may have sat in the lawn chair for weeks and months and years and discussed it among yourself. And nobody even knows the thoughts and the contents of your mind and heart. But you know. And so here you are today. Someone encouraging you to just cut the fetters that hold you. And let God take you to some places that you've never been. You thought about it. Maybe even thought about it a lot. And now this is the time for you to say, I'm going to act accordingly to my heart. Today's your day. And I say that to every person under the sound of my voice. Whatever that you desire, whatever you want from God, whatever you want to do with your life, today's your day to take the action to see wonderful and great things begin to take place for wonderful things to transpire in your life. Get out of the lawn chair. Act on your heart's desire. You will never, ever regret following your heart. There's a testimony or two or three or a couple hundred maybe in this room today that speaks of the beautiful life that God can provide for one. I can't help but think when we sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, Once Lost, Now Found. Once without hope, now a life filled with hope. One without, without any chance of knowing peace, and now knowing peace. But you had to ask the question, well, why am I still sitting here? Why am I still right where I am, where I've been for so many years? Today, everybody say today. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made for you to come to know Him as you may have never known Him before. God has given a beautiful life to so many in this room today. Every one of us, either today or yesterday or tomorrow, will find ourselves in the chair. Well, why not? Why not? I'm not one to advocate going and taking a pair of dice. What do they say? Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Is that it? You blow on them? Somebody help me. One of you gamblers in here, help me. Oh, you're scared too, aren't you? Growing up in that sweet little Pentecostal parsonage, we bought a Monopoly game early. And Daddy didn't allow us to have dice in the house, so he made us a homemade spinner. And it went from 1 to 12. <laughs> Folks come over, we'd invite people to come over to the house, and they thought we were nuts. And now I think we probably were. <laughs> but as, so, so we've all taken, made some moves in life that was a gamble, okay? We've all been there when we took the chance. 
there are successful business people in this room today that took the risk. Said, I'm going to go for this because it was in their heart. And they knew that it was God speaking to them. You will experience the abundant life by cutting the cords that have kept you from soaring. Many are saying today, I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to soar. And God's saying, that's good because I want you to. So I'm saying to all of you today in closing, dream big. Live big. And that's based on God's word. When, when Jesus said this, I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. If you're tired of the mundane, if you're tired of the ordinary, if you're tired of sitting and watching the, the jets come in and take off, get up from where you are and say, God, I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to go where I've never been. I'm going to do what I've never done. And with that act of faith, God will change your life forever. And why not? Why not? Why not? We're going to conclude with prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Jason Foster to come in just a moment and pray over us and pray for us. But in the closing moments of this service today, would it be possible for somebody to say, Lord, I want to fly? Lord, is it possible that today I might feel the wings of an eagle and soar to places that I've never gone? Experience things that I've never experienced in life? That's what the, that's what the abundant life is all about. We're not supposed to live as those of this world live. We've heard the scripture time after time after time. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Our thinking is different. Our actions are different. Our lifestyle is different. Because God has called us to be more than just the norm. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God. I know that God's got something good for you in your near future. And if you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. God bless you. Please, Jason, come and, come and dismiss our service today. I'm sorry. Let me just give this to you. It's amazing what God is able to do and where he is able to bring us when we let him. All those wintertime prayers that we had, they're now been answered. Remember the prayers, Lord, I just want it to be a little bit warmer. Lord, will you please let the ground dry up some? We're here. And it's like it was just yesterday, right, that we were complaining about it being too cold and being too wet. But now we're, we're here. The transition between where we are and where we want to be sometimes keeps us from taking that first step. But in reality, the transition time goes by very quickly. Like I said, it just seems like yesterday that we were complaining about it being too cold and too wet. I enjoy being outdoors. 
I enjoy doing outdoor stuff. But in the wintertime, I, I, I go into kind of like a little hibernation mode. You know, the ground's too wet. It's too cold outside. So we just, there's no grass to mow. So we just kind of sit inside and we, like bears, we, we hibernate. So when the temperature starts getting warm and it gets pretty outside and it's time to plant the garden and mow the grass, at first I'm reluctant. Oh, I don't want to go out there and sweat. I don't want to go out there and deal with the mosquitoes and, and, and everything that, that is, is out there that aggravates me. But once I get out there, and once I realize, yeah, the mosquitoes are there, the flies are there, the, uh, I, I have to sweat. Once I get out there and get going, I enjoy what I'm doing. And I want to do more of it. And the sweat doesn't bother me so much. And the mosquitoes don't seem to bother me so much. You still need to stay away from the ticks and the poison ivy and those sorts of things, the wasps and the bees and everything that come out during the summertime. But the small stuff doesn't bother me so much. And before I know it, the tomatoes are growing. The yard looks pretty. Mostly because I make Eli do all that stuff for me. But uh, I am outside watching him do it. But before we know it, all those things have been taken care of and we're in the middle of summertime and we're enjoying the outdoors and we're we're where we want to be it's amazing that God is able to bring us to the places that we want to be it's amazing what he's able to do with us when we're willing to take that first step yeah it'd be great if God would just transport us there without us having to work but he wants us to work and us working shows our faith in him so let us take that first step to where we want to be, to where God wants to bring us so that he can do with us what he wants to do in our world. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for allowing us to be here and have the freedom to be here to hear your word preached, Lord. I pray that you will do something with us, Lord. Help us not to worry about that transition time and all the little aggravations that we may have to put up with to get to where we want to go, Lord. Help us just to step out on faith. And Lord, allow that transition time to move quickly so that we can get to where we want to be and do the things that you want us to do. Again, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.